was nighttime at that point. We've been at the hospital all day. She came in and the first thing that I did, I can remember is I looked at her badge and it said pediatric oncologist and my heart sunk. This is Before It's Too Late. I'm your host, Christiane Sozon. Let's learn together what matters most in life. In today's episode, my guest is 34 years old certified nutritionist and mother Myrna Scales. When her second son was only four months old, he was diagnosed with cancer. In this conversation, Myrna shares with us how she and her husband got through this diagnosis what it meant for the baby's sibling, and how the survival of her child has changed her values and the way she prays. Formerly, I used to pray like I was in control of what was going to happen, or I was telling God what I wanted and it had to happen. Now, my prayers are of true worship of what I am being given every single day, she says. During the time and after the diagnosis and the following month, Myrna found it hard to talk to other parents that didn't know what she was going through. This is why she found and further built a network for parents of children with chronic illnesses and special needs. The pandemic and its isolating effect eventually pushed her to start her own YouTube channel for parents that feel alone with their situation, like she did initially. Myrna is giving health tips, tips how to manage stress, how to learn more about differing emotional structures of parents, how to manage anxiety, and also shares different Bible verses that helped her. We are grateful to have you as our guest on Before It's Too Late Today, Myrna Scales. Hello Myrna, welcome to Before It's Too Late. Hi Christiane, how are you? Myrna, I'm really happy to have you as my guest today on Before It's Too Late, since you have this really touching story to share about your little son who was diagnosed with cancer when he was just only four months old. And I can't even imagine how that must have been for you. So would you be sharing with us your story around that? Yes, I would love to. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to be here. So you are 34 years old. You are a mother of two boys, right? And you moved with your husband to Kansas because he works for the military there. Yes. You have a business management major from Kennesaw State University. Yes. You are a certified nutritionist. And then I understand it was your second son, right? Yes. Who was diagnosed with cancer. I can't even imagine how shocking that must have been. Tell us your story. It really was something that was unexpected between me and my husband. We don't we don't have family that has cancer or had cancer, not that we're really close with. 
I don't think. And so it's not something that ever crossed my mind that would happen. So when my youngest son was three months old, I was playing with him on the couch and he was wiggling because I was tickling him. And then I felt a lump on his belly. And I really believe that it wasn't there before. And so I called my husband over and I said, look at this lump. Like, what is this? And it was like firm when you touched it. And he didn't know what it was either. And the first thing that came to my mind was, oh, it must be constipation. Maybe, you know, he's not going good enough. And I was like, well, we'll just bring him to the doctor to get checked tomorrow. So that's what we did. The next day we brought him to see his pediatrician and they looked him over. And then the nurse practitioner that looked him over was like, could I get another doctor to come take a look? And, you know, I started to think like, why do we need another doctor to take a look? And so the other doctor came and looked him over, then turned off the light, took a flashlight and was putting the flashlight on his belly. And I started to panic. I didn't know what all of this was about. So they went outside of the room and they started to discuss And then they came back and said, your son has a mass in his abdomen. We don't know more than that. So, you know, they're waiting for you at pediatric ICU at the hospital. And you need to go there right away to get more tests done. Mm -hmm. And my mind just went to all the worst case scenarios. and. We're a military family, so we don't have family near us. And our oldest son was there with us throughout the whole thing. And he was two at the time, about to turn three. So he's playing and touching everything like toddlers do. And me and my husband are looking at each other and panicking and sweating and trying not to cry. So it was just a really difficult time. And so we drove to the hospital and from there, our lives changed in an instant. Wow. So could you feel whether your little boy was suffering or whether he had pain or was it just the feeling that something was seriously wrong? I don't think that I ever felt like he had pain. I do feel like When it was time for him to go to sleep, he was uncomfortable because he did not sleep well. There were times where I would give him food, we change diapers, do all the things that the baby needs, and then lay him down. He'll sleep in your arms, but then once you lay him down, like it's like he just could not get comfortable. And so I had a feeling that something was off. And then when I found the lump and we heard that it was a mess, I was like, oh, this is probably why he could never get comfortable. And 
you know, when we got to the hospital, all the nurses and the doctors, they were waiting for us. And, you know, he was three months old and they had to get blood work and, you know, attach him to all the wires and the machines. And for a three month old, it was a lot. And so the first test they did was the ultrasound. And, you know, after doing the ultrasound, they told us that it looked like, you know, a really big mass that was coming from the kidney, the left kidney. And it was so big that they couldn't really even see the kidney behind it. Oh my God. Yeah. So the ultrasound was done, but then we stayed at the hospital and we were just waiting to hear what else, what's the next steps? What do we need to do? And then there was this doctor that came in and it was nighttime at that point. We've been at the hospital all day. She came in and the first thing that I did, I can remember is I looked at her badge and it said pediatric oncologist and my heart sunk. It's not something that I ever thought that I would have to deal with, you know, up close. Like I always see St. Jude commercials and all of these, you know, things on TV and you feel bad. And, but now this was happening to us and I didn't know what to do. I, I had so many emotions all at once, but everything happened so quick, you know, it was hard to process it. The doctor, the first thing she did was, you know, ask Pacer if he wanted to go play with more toys in the playroom. And so the nurses came and they, they brought him to the playroom to play so she could talk to us. And she told us that she believed that Elliot had Wilms tumor, which is a childhood cancer of the kidney. And after she told us that, she said, okay, take your time and cry and do what you have to do. Because after you do that, we have to be strong for Elliot. We have to take the steps that we need so he can survive. And once she said that, you know, we held each other and we cried and cried and, you know, you hear that it's a tumor, you hear that it's from the kidney, but you don't know what's happening inside his little body. And it was just so scary. After we cried and we just kind of processed it a little bit, she started giving us more information that this childhood cancer has a good survival rate and we just need to follow the protocol. So the first thing that we had to do was get a CAT scan done. And that CAT scan would give us a better picture of if the tumor was spreading anywhere else in his body. So that night, I think it was like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, we got the CAT scan done. And the CAT scan gave us great news that there was no growth, that it was in the kidney. So we had gotten it. We had gotten to it early enough where it wasn't spreading anywhere else. So we were so thankful. It was like good information 
happy information in the middle of chaos. So that gave you hope then that he would yes. survive this. It gave us really good hope, you know, and it was like midnight when our oncologist called us to tell us the good news. And it was right before we had to go to sleep. And I was like, okay, okay, God, I can, I can sleep now. We can do this. So I like to talk about the sibling too, because he was a part of this. And I feel like my husband and I, we tried very hard to keep a smile on our face and play with him and be happy while we were just really, really sad. And I like to talk about this because even if a child is two or three years old, they can feel if their parent is anxious or sad. They can feel it, even though you try to hide it. Absolutely. They feel everything, everything. I think it's great that you're mentioning that because... We are so consumed then with holding ourselves together that there's hardly any capacity left to be there for a sibling. And how do you feel you have managed that? Did you ever talk with him when it was all over and him when he also was a little bit older? Did you ever talk with him? about that, how he felt or how? He perceived you as parents? Yeah, that is a good question. If I had to do all of this over, even if he was two, three years old, I would have told him in a way that he could understand that baby brother is not feeling well and the doctors are taking good care of him, but mommy and daddy are sad. And you might feel like mommy and daddy We're not as playful or as happy. I would have explained to him in a way that maybe he would have understand instead of just trying to act like everything was okay. But as he got older and he saw Elliot with his scars and things like that, they used to take baths together. And so he would be like, what's that scar? And what's that? And so we did talk to him and explain to him what happened. But you can see that there is some anxiety. There is some, like, I wish I was sick too, so you could take care of me. There is some of those kind of things. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's exactly these dynamics that are more or less unavoidable. But I think you, you have done a great job in that existential moment for the entire family, Myrna. Really. And also, you know, we can never get prepared for situations like that, right? And you told me that when this was all over and your little son was cured, you told me you have changed your relationship with God and your praying habits. Would you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, of course. So one thing that I used to do every time I was pregnant, when I'm taking my shower, I would, you know, rub my belly and I would pray. 
dear God, thank you for this baby. Thank you for making it happy and healthy. And thank you for giving us a healthy pregnancy. I would say all of these things and I would believe it and I would expect it. So I feel like now when I look back on how I used to pray, I used to pray like I was in control of what was going to happen or I was telling God what I wanted and God had to do it. Now, when I pray, you know, I pray a prayer of thanksgiving and I pray a prayer of true worship. You know, thank you, God, for being such an amazing God. Thank you, God, for what you've given me today. Thank you for giving me time with my son. Thank you for giving me both of them and being able to be their mother. So I pray that whatever you want to happen, you know best. And whatever comes our way, give us the strength to keep moving on, to keep being happy. I've changed my prayer because we don't know what life is going to give us. We honestly don't. And so every day I want it to be, I'm enjoying every moment because life is short. We're in this pandemic. We don't know where it's going. We don't know what's happening. It's scary. You know, a lot of us had plans and these plans changed because we're not in control. And so that's how I've changed my prayer. I've changed more to a prayer of gratitude and of worship. I think that's wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing this, Mirna. That's really powerful. How else has it changed you or your family as a unit? Maybe your values have changed. Maybe something else has changed ever since this traumatizing event. Yeah, when I think about like what has changed, I feel like our perspective has changed, our perspective of life. So we just try to enjoy the little moments. Sometimes we'll just go for a hike and we'll spend the day just walking and enjoying outside and we'll watch a movie together. Life with kids, boys especially, is chaotic. I'm not going to say every moment is perfect. There's no screaming and craziness. But the little things that used to bother us, they don't bother us like they did. Because, like I said before, life is short. Life is, you know, unexpected things happen. And I don't want to miss a happy moment because I'm worrying about the future that I have no control over, worrying about little things that don't matter. And so I feel like our perspective has changed a lot. And also when I was going through this, I started realizing why is it that I feel the way that I feel? Why isn't that I can't speak up like I want to? Why does my husband cope this way and I cope that way? I'm more of an, an emotional person and he's more someone that he deals with his emotions inward. So I started looking 
at different personality types, different personality tests, reading books, and just trying to figure out like why certain people do the things they do, what motivates them. And I learned so much about myself. I learned so much about my husband and it has helped us. It really has helped us be able to communicate better. And I mean, we're still growing, we're still learning, but it was a gift. You know, I don't like to say that cancer, you know, is a good thing. It's not, it's horrible. But sometimes you have to see that purpose in the circumstance. And so, yeah, that's how all of this has changed us. Did you then have a network or started to build maybe a network of parents who had the same situation for that you could share how to to deal with something like that and share your experiences? Yeah, you know, at the time, our social worker at the hospital gave us you know, a lot of different books and places that we could look and therapy and all kinds of stuff. But there were different Facebook groups in some of the papers that she gave us. And I didn't even know that you could just go on Facebook and write down, for example, Wilms Tumor Parent. And there are groups for specific chronic diseases, for specific illnesses, And you can meet other parents going through the same thing that you're going through. Because I know when I was going through it, it was so hard for me to talk to other parents that didn't know what I was going through. Yes, they were very kind, very helpful, trying to say the right things. But there's something powerful about meeting another parent that knows how you feel and it makes you feel like you're not alone. And so those resources were out there and I, I tried my best to use them. There's also Momcology for moms with kids that have cancer and they feel alone, they feel exhausted and tired. You can meet other women, you can go on retreats. There are amazing resources out there that You know, if you're going through something, please check it out so you don't feel alone, especially right now during the pandemic. If you have a child going through chemo, you can't go out like you used to. They can't go out. You can't be exposed. Maybe there are virtual things that you can do, you know, meet other moms and other dads. So I feel like that's powerful if you can do that. But for me, it took me a while. I would share a little bit of my story on social media and YouTube was something that I've always wanted to do, but it was just hard. I was so nervous to get on camera. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I would talk about. Would I vlog? Would I share my story? I don't know. But the last few months, I think, you know, I turned 34 last month and 2022, I just really feel like I want to push to help other parents. And so I'm starting my YouTube page or YouTube channel, and it's going to be specifically there to support parents that have children with chronic illness, 
or special needs. And I want to support them and encourage them by giving them tips on how to manage stress, how to learn more about themselves, different Bible verses they can keep and memorize when things get really hard, health tips that they can use to help them feel less anxious. It's a hard, hard thing to go through. And every day you just feel exhausted and you give and give to everyone. But sometimes we forget about ourselves. And so this channel is is specifically for these parents that feel alone. Oh, Myrna, what a wonderful, deep purpose of yours to start that YouTube channel. What a meaningful thing to do. I can imagine that you will be helping so many parents out there and create this channel, this platform for a community who can then share and help each other. That's absolutely amazing. Where will we be finding you? Is it under your name? Do you want to tell us how it's, it's going to be called? I really want to put it in the description so that everybody can check you out on your new YouTube channel. It's going to be under my name, Myrna Scales. And I am posting my first video on Monday, but I'll be posting once a week. So every Monday, and I would love to have anyone that just, even if you just need a time to relax and learn some tips, we can all share together. I would love to have you. And I also have Instagram, which is under my name as well, Myrna Scales. So it's easy to find, and I love meeting parents and hearing stories because I feel like we're all on this earth to help others. If we go through something hard, we can't stop that. We can't change it. And so we can't turn off our circumstance, but we can turn on our passion and we can help others. Thank you so much for this wonderful, meaningful conversation, Mirna, and for sharing your story with us. I wish you a great success with your channel and keep being healthy and grateful and a happy family. Thank you so much. Thank you for being my guest today, Mirna. Thank you for having me. I also wanted to say one more thing. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Absolutely. Yes. So I know I, I gave the story of Elliot and his cancer journey, but now he will be four years old in April. He is cancer free. He has one kidney, but that's not stopping him. He's an amazing kid. And so we are very blessed. And I just want to share that good news with you all. Oh, that is great. Thank you so much for sharing it. Yes. I really enjoyed this profound conversation and I hope you did too. For more episodes of Before It's Too Late, make sure to subscribe. If this episode spoke to you, consider sharing it with a friend or loved one you think might benefit from it. Thank you for listening.